Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episode 36 of season 4 and episode 53 of Black Clover. I'm in the phone booth, it's a one across the hall. adventure uh i watched alien covenant oh how was that what if i told you there were two michael fassbenders in that movie and they make out with each other well now i'm more interested in seeing it yeah basically it's the best alien movie oh great (laughs) um it's it's okay brides Uh, in it too right i'm guessing he dies in like five minutes no, he is like the second to last person. Actually, no, he survives. Wow. Yeah. Um there oh, there's right. a he twist in, at the end of wait. the movie. Was he in Prometheus? No. Okay. So the only character that returns from Prometheus is David, the, the Michael Fassbender character. Uh they just totally they straight up kill Dr. Shaw off screen. Just like Dr. Hey, Shaw. just so you know, the the, the lead uh oh, character. New, that's uh Numi Rapace. Uh, yeah, Numi okay. Rapace. Um who I'm assuming like had some sort of dispute and did not want to return because of the completely unceremonious way she's just offed. I mean they did that before with um Newt sure. Alien Three. There is Yeah, precedent. but there was also like Yeah, but there there was a reason for that too, if I remember right. Like there was a reason they couldn't get her back for I don't remember what all the and, details um, were with the other like was it Bishop also just yeah. like gets nuked. Uh yeah. no Bishop returns in that movie, like they yank his head out and like plug it in and he starts talking. Oh yeah, okay. And then later like the original like the basis for Bishop shows up and that's when she jumps into the vat. Okay. Because he's he's like, oh, you got an important specimen. We need you to we need you to come back with us. And she's like, uh, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Alien Three since the '90s, so I I watched it when I bought that set a few years ago, and I don't care if I ever see it again for the rest of my life. Uh, I actually think time... that is maybe the worst one. Well, that was the first time you saw any of them. Also, I find it hard to believe that's worse than Alien Resurrection. I, I think it's the same thing for me with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, where I just find it really kind of boring. Uh, whereas the other one is like bad in an extremely watchable way. Resurrection does have Ron Perlman and yes. Winona Ryder. And Renona yeah. Yeah. Also Renoa like the, the bit <laughs> Yeah. I love Renoa Wider. Yeah, from Final Fantasy Nine. Eight? <laughs> Wait, eight. Nine. 
Which one's for Noah? <laughs> eight? All right, eight. Eight. Yes. He's an eight. Um, no, the, that one has the bit where she's all deformed and she's just going, kill me. Yeah. Which is like a good, memorable uh, alien moment, despite the fact that the rest of that movie is a fucking train wreck. That's the part uh, with the basketball. I, they play basketball. I, I also think the human-alien hybrid thing looks really gross. Well, yeah. The milky, that milky white thing, and I also like how they sucked it out of the ship. Um, you like how they suck the human-alien hybrid, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of dumb bad stuff in that movie, but I do think it's kind of like, you could put that on and just marvel at all the bad decisions they made. Again, in the same way you could put on Batman and Robin, and that thing is a hell of a watch, but it's not a boring one. It's fascinating. But like Batman Forever, I just think is a snooze. Mm. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I I actually am one of the weirdos who liked Prometheus. Uh, yeah, me too. I under I understand the complaints people have for that movie. I think some of them. I think a great deal of them are misfounded and can be chalked up to people not paying the fuck attention. Uh, I think some of them are valid because it's stuff that they tied into, like, online material and things like that. And I really don't think that you need to... I think it's bad when you need to go read a bunch of novels or play an ARG to get very important background details to the movie you're going to. Yeah, uh, my main issues with it are... I've said this before, even here, I think, that it feels like a point-and-click adventure game where they're basically moving between, like, three screens and figuring sure. out which item to use where. It's like, you've got the ship, and you've got, like, kind of the med bay area or whatever, and that one underground cavern, and that's basically it. Like, they enter the cavern, and they are in that same room, like, every time. Yeah. Uh... Um. Covenant, I think, is a lot better about that. Uh, most of the movie basically takes place inside this... Um, they they head out to this planet, which is where uh, Dr. Shaw and David ended up, and David is now... They end up on like the, the planet that they set out to where like that progenitor race was, and David just dusts them all with the black uh, powder stuff from the first movie. Uh, and mm -hmm. has basically been there for a very long period of time, just performing eugenics experiments with uh, xenomorphs. Just sitting there watching uh, Lawrence of Arabia over and over? <laughs> yeah, basically. Great. Um, there's this one dumbass, I, I don't want to spoil a whole lot of this movie, but this one dumb motherfucker who comes up on David trying to hug a xenomorph. <laughs> 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 He kills, because David thinks of them as like his creation, as children, and because the xenomorphs go after uh, organics, they don't, you know, they don't want to impregnate a robot, so they know better, uh, so he can kind of get closer to them. Oh wait, but uh, didn't they do that, uh, uh, other guy, didn't he, I don't think they a, ever a robot did. that got impregnated? Or no. Like, the the face huggers need something organic to actually I, like incubate. I know eggs. that, but I thought they like tried to. Maybe, like, maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched any of them actually in a while, but. Uh, but it, this this dude comes up and I'm doing that. He kills the xenomorph, and then David does this whole like, "Why would you do that thing?" <laughs> Which 
shut up, David. Uh, and so this this guy turns around. He's just like, you know, I met the devil when I was a kid. Uh, I I know evil when I see it. <laughs> then David's just like, hey, you want to come see my eugenics experiments? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And so they fuck off to go look at his experiments. He's just like, oh, but I got the real good stuff down here. Come down to my cellar where there's a bunch of xenomorph eggs. And the David's just like, hey, you should look inside one of them. It's totally safe, I swear, dude. <laughs> The guy does it and gets face dug. Big fucking shock. Wow. Michael Fassbender just like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And guy's like, oh, no, not really. I mean, yeah, I'll try anything the scene, once. The scene where the chestburster is coming out, like David's just up in the rafters, squatted over on the like the balls of his feet, just watching <laughs> it from the darkness like a fucking creep. So there's a lot of Fassbender in that because I figured like it would basically oh, just so be a much. cameo. Oh no, okay. there's some. He, the 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 thing with these movies, uh, assuming they're still going to make a third one, is I think he's just the main character. Yeah. Like he's the one you're going to follow from film to film because he's still alive at the end of Covenant and carrying on into the next one. Because um, obviously these are all about like how the xenomorphs evolved into the xenomorphs you know and so david being the instrument for that evolution to happen like it is it makes sense that you would follow his story it, um, that's a little weird though because i always assumed that it was just directly the result of wayland yutani i mean i guess it kind of well, is I mean, because like, it, yeah but... yeah it, it still is because he was their creation um but, yeah, like, but you know what two... I mean. Like, there would be, you know, a bunch of Paul Risers, like, in a laboratory somewhere being like, we need to make this thing better at killing. If you have a room with a thousand Paul Risers on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they just end up writing spec scripts for the Mad About You revival. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Believe me. They need to get some work. Um, yeah, there's, there's two Michael Fassbenders in this movie. Um... There's basically a newer model of him that it was uh, made to kind of like they they erase some of the humanity from him because, as they put it, the other model scared people. <laughs> okay. It's like Dio, so he, he's rejected his humanity. Yeah. So there's a there's a version of him that has an American accent and he is a good guy. And he's more emotionless and robotic, but he is absolutely there to help the team. And then you have Creepazoid Fassbender with the British accent, who's definitely a bad guy and has, like, totally gone off the rails from the last movie and thinks he's the alien mommy. And so he spends, like, a decent amount of the movie trying to corrupt the other David unit, and it... It it goes in some weird places. They make out. Like, see, this Alien sounds Covenant great. Wild, <laughs> yes. Like, like to me, everything I had seen from it until now was just like I thought they were basically just redoing the first movie. Like it was just they're on a yeah. ship. Aliens gonna kill them. They're they're gonna make the sex in the shower, and then an alien appears. Oh no! And so I was like, eh, I don't care. No, um, that movie is mostly the. It's this. Uh, it's this group on the ship called the Covenant. The whole point is is basically a trigun scenario of the ships going out to inhabit a new world because the old one's f fucked up. 
Okay. And they end up, uh, an incident happens, they all kind of awake early from stasis, and they end up hearing this uh, signal off on this other planet that was as of yet unknown to them, and it actually seems inhabitable, and so they make the choice to go there. But that's the planet that David has fucked up, and he sent out the signal to lure people over to it. So the movie is mostly like the away team touches down and has to deal with David and all that bullshit while the rest of the team up in the Covenant is trying to reach them. Does Danny McBride have a $20 million do- uh, double dollar bounty on his head? No, unfortunately he does not. He should. You've seen what he's been up to. Uh, but yeah, Danny McBride is like uh, the dude up in the Covenant who is trying to get through to them. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Wife is on the ground and... It's a, it's a good movie. They they do eventually get back up into the ship, and that's where like the last act of the movie takes place. But it's uh, brief. They are not in there for very long. Okay, I'll watch that. I think I have it. Uh, think. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Well, uh, I think I also watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure this week. Maybe. That might have been a thing I did. Possibly could be something we're getting into here. Um after 18 minutes of summaries of a Star Trek episode and an alien movie that you might be the only person that liked. Yeah, uh, I, I may very well... Look, again, I liked Prometheus, so... Yeah, me too, so I'll probably like this. I'm easy to please yeah. when it comes to but, aliens. But, but take all the other people out there who really reviled Prometheus and the significant amount of people who seem to hate Covenant 2... I don't know, you know your I, mileage may vary. I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes cuz I think Prometheus like reviewed fairly well. I think there's something else though that like re- reviewed poor and then a lot of people liked it. I don't know. A lot of stuff. There's something I'm thinking of that was like that. Uh, I don't know. Prometheus 74%. Not bad. That sounds about right. Yeah, audience score sixty eight percent. So I don't know. I I think it's one of those things that just a lot of very vocal people did the uh, typical nerd shit of pointing out all the flaws with it. Yeah, it's a... like a movie that really fits into the whole like here's everything wrong with Prometheus. Yeah. And like the only Which... one of those that I really one hundred percent agree with is when the thing is rolling towards you like run sideways. Yeah. There, There is, again, I don't want to spoil Covenant because it is fairly new. There is something on the level of that in Covenant, and I would actually say it is worse. I, I will tell you what it is after the podcast, but it is the dumbest shit, I think, in any of the Alien movies. Alien Covenant rating uh, 66%, so still not yeah, terrible. So yeah, I liked Covenant more than I liked Prometheus, so... Hmm. Um... Okay. Yeah, that that uh, oh Billy Crudup is in it. Jesse Smollett is in it. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> what, uh, does he uh tell everyone he got attacked by an alien and then he turns out to be completely <laughs> fine? Yeah, I was about to say he made up a story about being attacked by an alien. <laughs> Did you see the footage, the uh body cam footage that came out? No, but I probably should. It's great, because it's like the cop going into his apartment, and like he still has like the really terrible like fake noose around his neck. And he like shows it, he's like, yeah, 
they're like, you can just, you can take that off. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted you to see it. <laughs> and then he finds out they're recording him. And he's like, no, no, turn it off. Turn it off, please. So. Yeah. Please don't film my forgery. Excellent, uh, excellent plan. He'd cooked yeah. up there. Very good actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen his work more than I have, apparently. Because I don't think I've seen uh, anything he's been in. Yeah, I, um, that's something I was talking about to somebody earlier today, though, that just whole, like, industry on the internet of just people explaining movies. Like, oh, God, what was, I? the one I saw today was like, here's why The Shining is scary. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. If you don't get that, you should not watch movies anymore. Yeah. Don't watch anything with even the slightest amount of depth to it, because you're fucking too stupid. And so, like, I, I was explaining to this person, like, I would love if I had the time and cared enough to do it, making my own versions of those but that are just, like, very, very obviously, like, taking a piss at it. Like, just, here's why Zoolander is funny. <laughs> There's, um... Uh, you know the guy that did those giant bomb animated things, uh, Lacking Saint? Yeah. Uh, he's started doing parody videos like that. They're like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Top sexiest characters in Spyro, or whatever, just to get people who don't understand it. It's like, man, it's, it's funny, but I don't understand why someone would spend that much time doing this. It's not worth getting into it, but just as a thing for you it's still funny to me seeing him doing stuff like that when my one interaction with him just left me with the impression that he is in fact very dense he, oh yeah yeah because he didn't get the joke you made about alex or something yeah i i made some like really obvious joke that anyone with like a very baseline understanding a giant bomb would get and it was weird for him to not get it so that's yeah it's funny to me that he would then do parody videos like that yeah uh but yeah, the the only movie I've ever got that way about with like just picking out all the flaws in it, I think, was The Dark Knight Rises. But that is also because that thing, yeah, man, that movie doesn't make any fucking sense at all. No, it does like not. just straight up, like none of it actually connects in any way. Like with Prometheus, a lot of that you can kind of look at and go like, if if you have a lot of nitpicky problems with this, you were perhaps not paying attention. Or you just didn't really put any thought into it? Like, you were expecting this to be a dumber movie than it is? Like, there, like I said, there's some stuff that is absolutely, like, in supplementary material. Like, I get it. It's not, like... Well, I think, to a degree, that movie not making sense is a valid argument. But there's a lot that people get hung up on where it's just, like, I think you just weren't paying attention. I mean, it's just the thing where, with most movies, like, you can get away with having a couple of things that don't make sense. It's the whole sus suspension of disbelief. It's not a big deal, but you can also fill in the blanks in some places too. Yeah, like one of the complaints I heard about Prometheus is, well, they never explain what the black goo does. It's a mutagen. You yeah, like saw it mutate stuff on the screen. It's like, do you really need a better explanation? Yeah. Like, do you need to see them mining it out from the core or something? Yeah, there, there was a whole thing of like, oh, well, what's David's motivation? It was like. Uh, curiosity like he does not understand life but was created to get to the bottom of why life is so he's fucking around with the mutagen yeah david's just here to fuck shit up he doesn't care yeah what's it matter to him 
He's a robot. Which, by the way, Covenant... Covenant's whole existence seems to be to really explain in great detail what David's bit is, like, what his deal is. Because people did not seem to understand that at all in Covenant. Prometheus. Or in, uh, in Prometheus, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, what ah. about JoJo? We're 25 minutes ah. in. I don't know. Not much happened in this episode, though, so... Yeah, kind uh, of a trend. Actually, I really liked this episode though. Like, I think when stuff started kicking off at the end, it got really good. Yeah, takes a while to get there though. It does. Uh, as we left off in the last episode, this is a great uh, intro, though. Sure. Ponera's still a turtle, everybody. No, I mean the very beginning, which is just Dapio and Bucciarati's body dying. Right, I almost forgot about that Also he's bleeding, <laughs> which I thought Zombie Bucciarati couldn't do But Yeah, sure, whatever Araki forgot Yeah Araki asleep at the wheel Unless this is actually revealed at some point To be a scene that they did just for the anime Maybe But it I like him be. like Just like reaching for this phone Like, I want to make one final call to the boss <laughs> Uh, it's too bad we never got a banana phone. Now that's an oversight. Although you'd have to think at some point in his long life, he would have talked into a banana as though it were a phone. I'm sure he did at some point. Think about all the bananas you come into contact with in your day-to-day life. Yeah, I mean, just about every day I, I am near a banana. Yeah, I eat bananas often because I am deficient in potassium. Hmm. I Think bananas, of all I like the potential bananas I have. All the potential what? Diseases? Well, yes. But also, I said banana phones. Oh. Okay. But mostly diseases. But definitely. Definitely mostly diseases. Yeah. I got so many of them. We need to finish this podcast before I die. Polnareff's in a turtle, still. Yeah, and he has the arrow, and uh, no one seems to be able to just pick the damn arrow up from the turtle, even though he keeps telling everyone to do exactly yep. that. Everyone just looks at him, and it's like, buh. <laughs> uh, so Requiem is now just walking up on him, even though he's like running in the end of the last episode, and uh, Guido pulls out his gun to shoot him, uh, seeming to forget that don't work. Also, no, Requiem is running at him. Oh, yes? Okay. Yeah. I must have forgot. Requiem does a lot of but, just looking around, so... Yeah, and he does... The, it takes him a while to get there, even sprinting. Like, he's kind of oh. doing a Naruto run, almost. Yeah. Uh, Butrai tries to shoot him, uh, but the... Mista. The, uh... Mista. My bad. Um... It's a very easy thing for me to name. Part of the gun. The bu- You put the bullets Cylinder. in the part of the... Thank you. Yes. The cylinder I don't know what the fuck is happening to my brain hey, Probably all the... You know what, don't feel too bad about it Because it turns out the people who wrote the subtitles Or maybe Iraqi, I'm not sure uh, Also don't know what parts of guns are called Because in this episode it constantly calls the magazine the cartridge Yeah uh... Which really confused me for a while Because like run... he runs out of ammo in the Beretta And he... they say like It'll take us a while to reload the cartridge. And I was like, what? Huh? What? Yeah. 
It's the the magazine is the casing, and then the clip is where the bullets actually connect into it, right? No, magazine is where the bullets live. Uh, the cartridge would be where the powder is in a bullet. Like the actual bullet would be the tip that comes out when it fires. That's the cartridge not what is I asked. Whole thing. I'm saying the clip. The clip, the clip is the no, part a, that locks bullets into the magazine, right? No, the clip would be a separate type of thing. Basically, a clip is a stationary magazine. Okay. So, like an M1 Garand rifle uses a clip, like because you like put it in and it just like clicks down with each one. Like it doesn't have a mechanism in it to feed bullets. Mm. Like once it's done, it I'm... just pops out and you put a new one in. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off on this tangent. I know you got to clean all your guns after this podcast. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> maintenance is important. Yeah, uh, because Mista kind of chalks it up to like a maintenance issue. It's just metalware uh, that caused his gun well, to explode. Explode, yeah. Uh, because for a moment they kind of think like, oh, wait a minute, did King Crimson do that? Which, yes. Of yes, course. he did. Uh, but Butch- Butcherati, not Butcher, oh my god, Mista has the uh, Beretta from the cop that he shot in the mouth. Uh, so he just, like, unloads into Requiem with that and knocks him away. Because, uh, again, Requiem is now in the real world, and you no longer need a stand to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which took me, like, a moment. It took me, like, a solid moment to realize that, because <laughs> there's nothing special about the bullets that he shoots out of his revolver. No. It's just that Sex Pistols is kicking them around. So it still doesn't totally make sense to me that they would then be able to hurt a stand because the bullets are not the stand. Uh, I could understand if, like, Sex Pistols is, uh, like, charging the bullets with stand energy. Yeah, they, th- that's what I would have to think. Is they like do, it's a, they, like, glow when yeah. they move. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know. He, but point is, Requiem does not play by that rule anymore because anyone can see him, anything can hurt him. You just... Hit him with your car, yeah. Run him over, yeah. Let's chop him, him in half. I don't know. Yeah, push him into a vat of acid. Oh no, we don't want Joker Requiem. <laughs> Comes out and is like, I used to think my life was a tragedy. Now I realize it's a comedy. This Joker impression is about as good as my DMX. <laughs> it's not really supposed to be a Joker impression. Okay. <laughs> but also, like, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker doesn't have, like, a... something that you can really latch onto for an impression anyway. No, it's just Joaquin Phoenix. Alright. Uh, no, when you made me laugh, I sucked up some spit and it went down the wrong pipe. Well, good. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Uh, so yes, they they knock him away, and uh, like Requiem gets up, and so they they know that it's coming after Polnareff uh, because he was like, oh god, what was it? This is where I get a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> <sighs> My brain starved for oxygen because of all the coughing and choking I just did. Um, 
No, he he's like still coming after Polnareff, and so they pick him up and like Mista like grabs onto a pole to get away from him, but he's still like coming up the pole because uh, he's like prioritizing him as like the last one to have grabbed the the stand arrow. And uh, well, he just point, sort of like at this tagged. point, Requiem already has the arrow, but yeah, he's still going after Mista. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how he got the arrow back is the thing. That's what I forgot. And he just like grabs it and then. Um, Mista like shoots his arm off, and then like Mista jump. Mista goes at the pole with Turtle Polnareff, and then like Polnareff kind of just like disappears and is like on the yeah, ground. That, there was a bit where I thought that it was uh, King Crimson doing a thing again, but that's not it. No, uh, and Requiem just the- then starts walking away like yeah. And then, like, Polnareff's like, oh, I figured out the reason why he didn't want anything to do with me. Because the change! Oh, right, yeah. Then he yeah, starts like, going like a lobster. Thing. Yeah, like, clawing out of his neck, and then he's just like, oh, this is Requiem's, like, true power, actually, is that he's turning everyone into Cronenberg monsters. Yeah, I like this bit. Uh, it's gross, and it's good. And this is another uh, moment in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where the stands seem to be affecting, like, regular people disproportionately fast compared to the stand users that it is directly in front of. Yeah. Like, this same thing with the mold, where it's not affecting our heroes even though they should be the ones affected by it first. Yeah, Polnareff Turtle has uh, the lobster coming out of him. All these other people are getting, like, extra eyes and whatever else. And the rest of the crew's oh, yeah. like, nah, nothing. They're just turning into the nemesis. Yeah. Or no, uh, Birkin. Yes, yes, like Birkin. Has the huge eye, like, swollen out of her belly. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so gross. It's really good. I also like that the animation gets, like, good and grimy around, like, some of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, In general, the animation but, here is really good. Yeah, it's a well-animated episode. Um, so the, they all are about to go take after uh, Requiem again when uh, Jorno stops him and is like, oh, okay, hey, hold on a second. I really think that the thing with the gun was King Crimson, and because of his range... Uh, we need everyone fanned out the way that they are so we can get to the bottom of who's got Diavolo inside of them. It's time to play a game. Who's yeah. Diavolo? And so Jorno first suspects that it's uh, it's Mista. I wanted to say Trish in Mista's body, but no, it's Mista in Trish's body that he suspects first. And, like, he's trying to get close to him, and he's doing, like, the blood droplet thing again. Mm-hmm. And Mista's just like, no, it's not me, don't get near me, I'll shoot you, which is super suspect. Yeah. Uh, and then Jorno is, uh... Jorno explains, like, it can't be Polnareff, because otherwise King Crimson would have come out when Requiem was attacking, and it didn't. As far as they know, which they don't really actually have any way to know that. No. Not at that point in time. Uh, no, he, says, he, doesn't yeah. he say it's because he touched Polnareff and so he knows that there's only one soul in well, him? He did that too, but he prefaced it with, well, he didn't draw out King Crimson to attack when Requiem came by. Okay, well, um, whatever. 
Because, yeah, Jorno does explain, like, you know, when I was putting my soul back in my body, I felt that there was no soul in it. I can feel souls as masses in people's bodies, so I could I could tell if there's two of them. Uh, so he's going to go feel up Mista. Also, he does some business with a mole, which I don't really understand the point of. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, it was to get back a missing piece of the gun. Yeah. And he had a mole do it because moles have good smell, so they could smell that pe- gun. <laughs> sure. Why not? Gun sniffing moles. I'm gonna yeah. ship, they're gonna be at the airport now. Wouldn't it be cute? Just sending out of bombs sniffing moles into minefields and just fucking explode the mine. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, they're moles. They're dispensable. Seems like a weapon from worms. Just like. Moles you send out that explode. Uh, There's just this army dude just throwing them out in the field, looking at the camera, going like, "Yeah, we got tons of these little fuckers back home." <laughs> I mean, they're cheaper than these rocks. Moles... These moles are saving lives. True patriots. Thank you, moles, for your service. <laughs> like imagining like a oh, tiny coffin. Of tiny coffin with an American flag draped over it being buried at Arlington <laughs> everybody saluting there's like one of those big easels with the portrait of a mole wreaths on old it timey, old timey news reels these tiny coffins contain the tiniest heroes in America's great war <laughs> not many people understand the sacrifices these moles had to make to serve our great country This black and white footage of a mole blowing up. <laughs> Rest assured, oh, the remains God. of these moles will be treated with the utmost respect. Uh, get Darpa on the line. I got a fucking idea to sell to them. <laughs> Quit fucking around with your weird cow robots. I got moles. Get me the Darpa chief on the blower, but not decoy octopus. The real one. Oh, God. So, <laughs> yes, Mista doesn't want to be touched by Jorno. Uh, because yeah. he also, the reason that Jorno could be uh, Diavolo. And then Butcherati in Diavolo's body is just like, okay, come over and do me first. Because the only way that anyone else is going to be cool with this is if you do me first. Uh, also, should be pointed out right here that. Giorno reasons that Diavolo is not in control of the body that he is in. He's basically a passenger. He can use his stand, but he cannot control what the other person says and cannot control their movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets over to Bucciarati and is about to check him when King Crimson punches his damn arm off. Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, it comes out of Trish in Guido's body. Yes. Well, yes. I think was my prediction last week that it would be bound to Trish, like her soul. Yeah. Um. But turns out that's a fake out. Because he was actually in uh, Trish's well, no, body. That, that's what I thought I said was like he would be in Guido's body because that's where Trish's soul is. And so he would be attached to her soul. Wait. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. I This whole thing is confusing. It, it gives us a diagram in the middle of it, and it doesn't really help a whole lot. 
No, because it's also like really small and it's on the screen for like two seconds. Also, the subtitles, at least when I was watching it, uh, did not exactly match up with the pictures. Yeah, I didn't check. I I felt I had this all down, but yes, it is also very confusing. I mean, if I think about it, then yes, but when you're just talking about it, it's it's also confusing to describe because you're basically saying like, if you talk about Trish, do you mean Trish's body or Trish's soul, which would be in Mista, and you know, worse than Prometheus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, this bit doesn't make any damn sense uh, because. King Crimson is just like, or King Crimson was waiting for Spice Girl to come out because yes. she tries to attack him. And then he's just like, oh, okay, I could just knock you out. And then if I move your Stan's limbs, then uh-huh. your limbs move. And then I can move you around like a marionette. Yep. Even though, as soon as he does this and explains it, we never see him actually manipulate Spice Girl ever again, and it just looks as if though Diabolo has assumed control over the body. Yes. Which I really would have liked to have seen him, like, actually trying to work the legs to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, in all actuality, it should be the jankiest, most awkward, like, inhuman run ever, because he's got to, like, somehow flail the arms with his arms and, like, kick the legs with his legs to get them to move yeah like he's basically diavolo is playing quop at this point uh but yeah and also like he would have to sort of keep spice girl under control too so i'm not sure how he would manage to do any of this hold on i just gotta drape myself over my daughter to get this body of a guy that she's inhabiting to move it's perfectly normal perfectly natural perfectly normal perfectly healthy yeah, everything's fine here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does that, and then uh, Guido's sending bullets after him, but he's, like, somehow predicted the trajectory they'll take and then is using King Crimson to dodge them. Uh, and this is all to chase down Requiem because he's figured out the secret to Requiem and how to get the arrow back, which is Requiem has a shadow, and the shadow is always facing away from the person facing it. So... for each person it is as if though that person is a source of light and that means they have to have a source of light behind them so he punches a miniature sun that has been located behind his own head (laughs) i don't uh, i don't understand this bit like at all everybody funny like every single person near him has the sun behind their head or is it just one per i don't get it i don't know Anyway, he punches the sun and the ghost dies. <laughs> uh, this show hasn't been this dumb in a while. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Hey, it's not called JoJo's Normal Adventure. No, I mean, you just said the one thing I can't argue with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now everyone's grouped together. Uh, Guido is going to shoot the arrow away before King Crimson can get to it, but wouldn't you know, uh, King Crimson threw a body up in the air that nobody noticed and it hit the ground. It just, like, it just gets fucked up. Like, it just gets, like, like Guido had explosive bullets or something. (laughs) 
It just blows his arm and leg off. It's so good. And also, nobody uh, so... cares. They're just like, wow, he launched a civilian in the way. Man. Uh, and so he's going to go pick it up, but it turns out that Spice Girl has uh, woken up and turned a couple of the bullets that King Crimson blocked into basically, like, rubber. And so when he picked it up, like, they smacked the arrow away. And now it's, like, going over to Guido. And then King Crimson's like, hey, you guys want to see something cool? And punches his daughter in the chest so damn hard mm-hmm. that it catapults Guido's body <laughs> like a torpedo. <sighs> like, I back, back up for a second, understand this. Guido Mista's body is flung through the air like a torpedo because King Crimson, who is inside of that body punched Trisha's stand who's also inside of that body in the chest as if though he were firing a special beam cannon like Piccolo yes I mean punching in the gut is like King Crimson's like that's like his thing apparently because he loves it Uh, so Spice Girl seems dead or dying uh, one thing that you skipped though is because of the bit where King Crimson punched Jorno's arm off he had like blood splattered like on his hand and so Jorno turns that blood splatter into termites which immediately chew through the stand arrow to make him drop it yeah uh and that I think the episode kind of ends there there was Uh... some sort of standoff wasn't there I forget the the very last bullets Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Also, something I'm unclear on, if he punched Trish through the chest like this, uh, doesn't that mean he also sustains the same damage since they're sharing the body? Yeah, he, like, bar- like uh, King Crimson, like, barfs up blood. Oh, okay. I, I thought that happened, but then I swear he seemed fine afterwards. Yeah, he's saying, like, you're right, Trish, now you can surpass not only the past, but their heads. It's like okay good pun yeah yeah sure it's a real good uh dad level joke from papa diavolo papa diavolo and so now big it's daddy. A... <laughs> big daddy d is that what you were gonna yeah. say yep <laughs> oh, so there's only um God. three more <laughs> i'm not done yet there's only three more episodes of JoJo's left to go, right? You said there's a special coming up. Yes, I'm not sure if that's actually like a final episode or if it's an actual special or if it's just a recap thing. We don't know. Okay. But, uh, what but I'm going to say we're going to do is... When does that take place? That's on, a, that's on Sunday. After the final episode. After 39. After the final episode. Okay, that's where I got confused as you had said Sunday... Um, I think on Mastodon, and then I got all turned around thinking that meant next Sunday, like this no, coming Sunday. the Sunday after the final episode. So what we're going oh. to do is, we're going to, because we record these on Sunday, we're going to record it as though it's the final episode, and if that is something that's worth watching, like, I can just edit it in after. Okay. So. Yeah, that works. Uh, now... It's on to roulette. Every time I look into your eyes, it's roulette, it's roulette, it's roulette. Every time I connect on your eyes. 
remember when this time you don't have anywhere to go don't interrupt me how dare you <laughs> you have to be like oh well since you're making a cut here uh, i'm gonna go make breakfast and uh go to the <laughs> bank and uh yeah I need to go uh, go take a leak, and then uh, I got some chicken that I need to cook for the week. Yeah, make a make some scrambled eggs. Slap it yep. on a hamburger bun. Someone's knocking on my door. My phone is ringing. Black Clover episode fifty three. Yeah, this is not as good as the last episode of Black Clover that we watched, unfortunately. No, because this one is mostly related to things we have not seen. Uh, and also it's just like talking about yeah. those yeah it, it's like it's not it's it's not a good like weird goof em up uh like the comedy bits in this one are not as good as the bar bits in the other one are you telling me you didn't like the eight minute comedy stylings of the oh. weird horny fairy no i don't i don't like horny tinkerbell and G- the gay panic the tinkerbell or- the preschooler who's in love with the main character's rival but is also 19 and likes to show her ass. Yeah, not, not a huge fan of any of this. What? Or the backstory of this bad guy. Or, I don't know if it's a bad guy or not. That we've never seen before. Which I guess is probably a big moment because he takes his mask off, but I don't I don't care. His helmet kind of looked like Griffith's helmet, but yeah. also if Griffith were like a court jester. Yeah, which is like not weird. a bad idea. No, no, I think it actually looks kind of neat, but uh, I don't care about this character at anyway, all. Anyway, this episode starts with literally seven minutes of Tinkerbell being horny. Yep, uh, there, okay, we have our main character. What the main character is this, uh, what you would think is a little girl who's very obsessed with food. On the other side of this, you have his rival, pretty boy type of guy, and he has a fairy with him. The fairy is incredibly into him, but also the preschool girl is into him. And so they fight for seven minutes. They're they're like part of the squad, I guess, the Black Bulls or something. I guess the pretty boy is like the leader of them. And then you have the Naruto guy. And he says, like, we used, we used to live together, and Tinkerbell is immediately like, oh, you live together? Oh, 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 oh no, homos? Yeah. How dare they? I can't be near queers <laughs> or something. Like, this whole thing is terrible. Like, she starts vomiting blood because she thinks they're gay. Yeah. No, it's a a real good gay panic sequence that we get here. She just starts barfing blood like characters in The Hateful Eight after they get poisoned. (laughs) Because she thinks they might like other boys. It's the worst. And then there's like the the whole post-credits thing where it's just this bit over again, but then inserting like footage of them washing each other and sleeping in the same bed. And like the gag is... Of course it's not like the way she thought it was. What the fuck? Gay characters? Come on! <laughs> In a shonen Come anime? On. You gotta be kidding. Come, we wouldn't do no. that. Ah, come on. Even though, well, actually this does have those unless, lesbians. So. Well, I was gonna say, unless it's two ladies. Well, yeah, then it's okay. Oh, then absolutely. But, they're, but then, you know, it, actually they're bisexual because they still gotta be available to the mm, main character. Yeah. 
obviously. Jonah. I will say, I really like the little bird that's on the Naruto guy's shoulder the whole time. Yeah. It never yeah, does anything, but it just has this face like it is sick of everything. And you know, we have come into this uh, so far in, we don't know if that bird is also horny for him or not. I don't know. It never talks. I don't think it's like sentient. So, uh, also it was not in the other episode we watched. Oh no, something terrible happens to that bird. <laughs> maybe maybe you didn't meet him yet. Wasn't the other one... Well, the other one was after this. Yeah. Something yeah. terrible happens to that bird. Oh no. Oops, sorry. Yawning, because we gotta talk about Black Clover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this, this bit really, 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 really goes on. And, uh... We then get a guy who who shows up who's just God, his character design, which is so unremarkable to me. Um, yeah, it's weird this... considering the other one we saw like had all of these really cool looking characters, and this one's just like ah, eh, anime boys. Yeah, uh, this anime boys boy brother shows up and starts talking a lot of shit on him just aggressively. He does a thing that I don't like. Where a character who's known this other character for a long time, like, shows up and says something that would be, like, just understood implicitly between the two of them. But then, for no reason at all, while still referring to this character who they know, give a lengthy description about that character to inform the audience. Yeah. Is that makes sense because he does this thing where he's just like oh yeah oh it is my punk ass younger brother who is the weakest in the so and so and so oh yeah some I, I know what you mean i hate that too yeah it's like the laziest form of exposition they did that in uh the dark knight rises speaking of to draw back to that when they had the uh clean slate program how and, does how... clean slate work yeah no, Cat, Catwoman's just like, I want the clean slate. Catwoman obviously knows what the clean slate is. She needs it. She wants it. She's got to have it. And then the guy's like, oh, the clean slate? You mean the perfect tool for a thief that would erase all data about them from every criminal database in the world? That clean slate? Is that what you're talking about? The clean slate that will also apparently burn every single hard copy and also erase everyone's memories like a men in black neuralizer so nobody remembers who she is because that would be kind of a problem because otherwise people like she would use that and someone would bring up the file on Catwoman and find there's nothing there and they wouldn't be like huh file's gone well I guess Catwoman never existed they would be like oh we should probably replace these <laughs> got that line for line and he was staring directly into the camera the entire time he was saying it that would have made them movie better if they had actually acknowledged how stupid that thing is just how also just yeah the the way that they introduced that and explained it is so stilted that it is embarrassing there's a lot about the dark knight rises that's embarrassing yeah but like especially like that bit just the those previous two movies really good and i think they were well written and then boy mm. quality really took a dive yeah I mean, I think in all of them, the performances go a long way, especially the second. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Michael Jai White uh, in The oh, Dark Knight. Yeah. Like, he really carries that movie. Uh, played a guy named Gamble. Gambon, isn't it? Gam no, oh, yeah, it is Gamble. Yeah. Yeah. 
but like I B O L at the end of it if I remember right. Yeah. I don't know if that's an actual name, but it sounds fake. Yeah, the Eric Roberts. Your pal. Sure. Eric Roberts is a terrible actor, but I love him in everything that he's in. Especially Dead or Alive. Oh, sure. One of the greatest movies of our time, by the way. Never forget that the Dead or Alive video game movie adaption stars Eric Roberts as the main villain. It also stars Kevin Nash. Yeah. Big sexy. Whole goal is to download the Dead or Alive Fighters moves into a pair of six sunglasses that he bought at like a fucking gas station. Does <laughs> that beat the shit out of them? Also, the climax of that movie involves a character, Mr. Weatherby, uh, being surrounded by monitors that say CIA alerted in red text. <laughs> and also, he just fantasizes about roller skating with Helena. <laughs> Yeah, his Mr. Weatherby's whole deal is he's like uh, the dude who works the monitoring station for Eric Roberts' character. And he's, of course, like the audience insert in the sense that the audience is a bunch of horny 15-year-olds. Hell yeah. So like, he's always like goo-goo-ga-ga-ing over all these like, like sexy ladies on the screen. And then like actually hooks up with one of them. And also like that movie is great because... If you look at the games, it's like, who's the main character of the games? You've got Kasumi, Ryu, Hayate, Ayane. Like, the ninja crew, basically. The movie does not give a shit about any of them. Like, they show up, and they don't really do much. There's, well, they use, like, the power of teamwork to, like, close their suitcases or something. They, like, they do some flips. But mostly, it's about Eric Roberts and Mr. Weatherby like doing whatever this thing is. There's a part where Kevin Nash gets knocked off into the water and he just like pops Kevin Nash is playing bass, uh, Tina's dad. And he just like gives this goofy thumbs up to her from the water. And then Tina's uh played by Jamie Lee Presley, isn't she? Just Jamie Presley, but yes. Jamie Presley. Um my bad. Uh yeah, man, the Dead or Alive movie is look. Video game movies are very, very bad. The Dead or Alive movie, kind of like it. Yeah, Dead or Alive movie is good bad. Yeah. Like, that's a legit good bad movie. We were talking about some extremely watchable bad movies earlier. This is one of those. Mm-hmm. Eric Roberts sunglasses, man. <laughs> Love it. I had two names I could have exited that movie with. One of them was Mr. Weatherby, and the other was Eric Roberts sunglasses. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric uh, Roberts is uh, voicing cats in direct-to-video movies, so he's doing fine. Yeah, no, he's, uh... Eric Roberts is making money. Yeah. He's making more money than us. Yeah, not as much as his sister, though. Meow. Uh... <laughs> She's got that Ocean's money coming in. Yeah. So, uh, dude's brother shows up and did, 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 did that whole thing with the, the lines, bad lines, stilted lines. Don't do that. Don't write shit like that. It's terrible. It doesn't it's matter because it, do, it doesn't matter because an old guy shows up with like a giant blob of cum. <laughs> He's like, look at all the people I trapped in my cum. It's seriously, it looks like that. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Like, it's just a giant blob of semen just Look rolling out, down the street. Coming through. 
I'm going to absorb all of you in my cum. Look out for cum! Here comes cum. <laughs> I, I just... I cannot see this as anything else. Like, I'm sorry, it's, but... It's supposed to be a slug. But it, yes, it just looks like a slug made out of cum. It doesn't even look like that, though. Like, it doesn't look like it There's... has any discernible form. There is one bit, like one shot, where you very visibly see it as a slug, and okay. that is it. Like the I rest might have of them, looked away um, at that point. <laughs> it's possible. It's a very, very much a blink if you miss it moment. <laughs> anyway, the cum snail just rolls in <laughs> and <laughs> traps half the town, and uh, he's just like, "Oh, you can't hit me inside of my." You can't penetrate my cum armor without killing me. <laughs> All the women be... in here are pregnant. You'll never be able to penetrate my jizz. <laughs> they solve this by, like, summoning a sheep. And Naruto guy, like, bounces off of it like he's bouncing against the ropes in a wrestling ring and shoots towards no, I'm him. Sorry, like... I'm sorry, I'm trying to think, like... What level of irony would it be at for him to say, my cum is impregnable? <laughs> my jizz is impetuous. <laughs> he bounces off the sheep, goes at him, and he, like, does a tele- he does a nothing personnel kid thing and, like, gets behind him and, like, uh, he- okay, so his arm's busted, so he, like, has a sword in his mouth I don't know you'd want yeah, to open mouth near that thing. Oh no, yeah. fully submerge yourself in the cum. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> if only if we had that sound bud ready of me saying, I think cum's neat. Because this would be the place to use it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew like what episode that was so I could go grab it. I think you, I think you put it in the description so you might be able to find it. Well, maybe, but I'm also not going to listen to the whole thing to find that two seconds. Anyway. To be fair, no, in this podcast, it was probably at the tail end of a 20-minute long discussion about cum. Probably. I feel like that's, that was in the episode with the, um, the ape ship, wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was. Oh, man. Uh, I, I do want to back up a little bit, though, and talk about this dude's brother, because he's such a fucking prick. Yeah. He's weirdly a dick. Like, most villainous characters, like, they, they try to make them seem, like, somewhat understandable. Like, you need to understand where they're coming from with their goal. It's like is the this... whole thing of, like, you're the villain of your own story, blah, 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 blah. Is he the bad guy, though? Just... No, he's just a dick. Okay, yeah. Like, I don't... Well, I thought he was supposed to be, like, the Sasuke of this, basically. Is Sasuke that much of a little prick? Yes. Oh, wow. People watch that? <laughs> yeah. Although I, I think Sasuke, like, actually becomes, like, more directly villainous because he, like, trains under Orochimaru for a while, but then he, like, turns back. So Okay. I... Yeah, I really, really hated this character because there's, like, absolutely no reason for him to show up and just be acting like this much of an asshole. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah, my younger brother sucks shit. Like, 
My younger brother is just a big cum monster. I defy you to show me a bigger cum monster than my brother. And then when one rolls up, he's just like, oh, I'll kill everybody inside of it. <laughs> Care. Yep. It's just like, well, it's the only way to be sure. We he's have to murder such... everyone. He's such a little asshole. I hate him. Anyway, the 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 cum enthusiast gets flung against a wall and dies. Yeah. Just smashed him. It's good. He didn't need to live any longer. No. Absolutely not. I I do like, though, how this is... Obviously, they had some sort of confrontation with him, and this is just like, I'm not dead yet, and then they effortlessly defeat him. I don't know if that is what's happening, or if it's just like a one-off, just like a gag. I don't know. The the impression I got was that the shithead brother fought him before this episode, thought he had defeated him, and then he shows up and is like, I'm not done yet, and then this is the moment where we show that what the shithead brother is missing is like the power of teamwork that our main characters understand, and that's why they defeat him so easily. See, to me, this seemed like the beginning of a Batman animated series episode where it's just like the condiment king is there and Batman defeats him. Like, it's just kind of a, eh, whatever. Okay, I thought you were going to say it's like the same villain. I was going to be like, oh, well, I could see Bruce Tim writing that, but they definitely did not allow that on TV. <laughs> Bruce Tim, uh, yes. He definitely would. And then bring it, like, he would have storyboards and everything at the ready. Everybody just looking at him like, Bruce, please, <laughs> stop. You've tried this, like, five know. times. <laughs> Harley Quinn I drew? Yes, Bruce. <laughs> yes, no matter how many times you ask, uh, we are not going to be able to have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy make out naked on a children's show. Please stop sending us these. He's got, like, one of those boards set out where you just put, like, the big cards on it, and he just starts packing it up, and there's just, like, 16 boards of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy making out, and he's just, like, so sad. Yeah. Puts it all on his bag and just leaves without saying anything. Good artist, though. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all artists, though, are giant pervs. Yes. Including you. No, absolutely, yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like, it's required, really, to be good at it. No shit. Like, look at Wally Wood. Look at what he was up to. (laughs) What is right in his name? What the fuck did you think you were going to get out of him? Yeah, that's a good point. Alex Toth? Known degenerate? Generally, this accepted concept, though, that if you get into drawing smut, it severely inhibits your ability to actually get into, like, steady professional artwork with a company. Uh, Not anymore. Knocking down all barriers. (laughs) Not anymore. Look at the step, step... Stepion Stepik, however you pronounce his name, he's he's doing stuff. He's got his own uh, DC Black Label series coming. He's gonna have, to have naked Harley all over that thing. Believe me. Yeah, no, there there are people who cross that barrier, but I'm talking like the ones who the, the ones who really draw the the ones who are like catering to a niche. Mm, I just... don't think you have seen Stepan Sedgwick's previous work. I believe I have, if I'm remembering correctly. But well, then, 
point point is that is that is very very rare that does not happen that often i don't i think now it kind of is not a big deal i don't know look i got stacks of stuff somewhere that lee bermejo drew batman's penis and dc was not happy about it but guess what what I'll let you in on another little artist fact, a little tidbit about about us uh, artists out there. Uh, we have all drawn Batman's penis. Literally every single one of us has drawn Batman's penis. There's nothing weird about it. Yeah. Perfectly normal. We have Perfectly all done healthy. it. Great. Some of us more than others, I will grant you that. But not, not a one. You get a room full of artists, not a one in that room has not drawn Batman's wing. Well, I guess uh, it's more proof that I'm not a real artist, I guess. The hill that I will die on. <laughs> Great. We need to finish this episode, because, like, whatever. Okay, this guy, <laughs> he has a mask. Kind of looks like Kafka. Uh, yeah. Almost. Yeah, he has a whole background where, I don't know, he was a weird kid who no one liked his dumb, scarred face, and then this... They keep calling it a scar, Just... but really it's it's like a birthmark. Yeah, this dude shows up who's just the most anime-ass character you've ever seen. It's actually kind of weird because this uh, dude's, like, very stoic, and then the guy who shows up and is the mentor character is doing the whole, like, falling over backwards with his feet in the air, like, anime, like, physical comedy shtick. Also, the guy that uh, is talking to Masked Guy about his background was in the other episode we watched. Yeah. He's cool. uh, Smoke Smoke Man. The smoking yeah. man, it's him. Oh no. <laughs> uh and yeah, we, we get some bits of like the characters just sort of talking after everything that happened. Like uh, our main characters are problem eating. Like yeah. literally that's what they're doing, is just problem eating. And uh I don't know, we, we we get something with the rival character like saying that he wants to become the like emperor wizard or whatever and uh prick kid like laughs at him about it because of they so they um yes he says like i want to be the wizard king someday and the other kid's like how how can you say that and like that's so ridiculous and it's like dude what else are you gonna call it like that's the thing everybody wants to be the wizard king king gizzard and the wizard king lizards i don't know like That's weird. Yeah. Donald Trump became the Wizard King, so, you know, anyone can do it. Think of David Duke. Oh, right, I am. (laughs) I'm sorry, they're just so easy to get mixed up. That's a good point. A horny Tinkerbell, (laughs) like, uh, sheds scales into the other girl's eyeballs. Which I actually love because I'm just thinking this of like she's raining fiberglass down into this girl. Definitely. They're just like tiny glass shards. Just earlier also that other girl like gave the one guy a cake and just like dumps a bunch of like sprinkles, like these balls on it. And I like to imagine that they're just like those inedible balls that they put on wedding cakes or something. They're basically just ball bearings that have been spray painted pink. And, like, the guy's just yeah, sitting why, there crunching on him. Why do people do that? Like, I don't want to have to, like, pick up this cake and pick all this shit off. What's wrong with you? No, no, I think it looks good. Cake isn't art. 
I put cake in my body and it gets turned into poop in my butt. I don't fucking care what it looks like. Don't talk like that around Cake Boss. He'll give you an earful. I'm not scared of Cake Boss. You should be. Well, cake I'm Boss not. will make you disappear. Good. <laughs> All I want. <laughs> I want my death to come at the hands of Cake Boss. Vanish me to the cake dimension. <laughs> I want to be in cake hell. Cake can cake hell can't hold me, cake boss. I will return. One man's cake hell is another man's cake heaven. Better to rule uh, in cake hell than to serve in cake heaven. Uh, Anyway, that's basically the end of this episode. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, no more Black Clover. We're taking that off the list. Get, get, get out of here. Get out of here. Well, yeah, I mean, we had to anyway, because we only got three ups left. So... Yes, but even if we weren't, I want it known that I would be voting for it to get out. Yeah. Well, look, you know, two's kind of the maximum for our series, yeah. so... Alright, we're going to check out what we've got this time. Three. Common Rider Z.O. Hell yes. I think this is the uh, last Tokusatsu we have. Uh, uh, no. Still have one. Because huh? we have somehow right. never landed on an Ultraman series in this whole thing. So Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look here and bring up the episode list to make sure. Okay. We got... Well, because we also still need to roll the episode. Um, I also need to make sure I, all the episodes are... Okay. So there are... This one actually isn't finished yet. Oh. Um, there are 40 episodes available, though, so we have plenty. Uh, it's a piping fresh common writer. And that's usually about the amount... They usually have anyway, so it might just be the finale that's left, something. Yeah, but you're up. Uh, yeah, that's uh, nice and even. So episode twenty through forty. Mm-hmm. Let's see, twenty, twenty-three. All right, very close to the middle. Uh, where is? I lost the tab again. Yeah, I. uh whole. I'm looking forward to next week, though, for getting a common Rider, because JoJo's, I'd imagine, would have to be good, because it looks like it's the the fight with King Crimson is going to start next week, and obviously we only got three episodes left. Yeah. Episode 23 so. is called It's Kikai 2121. I don't know what that what, means. Episode 23. Yeah, it's episode 23. They oh, said 21. The the title is It's Kikai 21 Okay, so it looks like These take place in different years Hmm Because there are some that are like 2018 One says back to 2068 Yes, and it says Sogo is sent 50 years in the future So I guess this is 2121 Time travel common rider sounds awesome It's uh, It says Sogo studies hard to ensure his graduation and meets a new common writer who comes from a distant future. So yeah, 
got mm. Terminator Common Rider. By the way, I, I want to see if you agree with me on this. Uh, if a TV series has like a number in its title, that's that show should only run for that many number of episodes. Like what? Uh, the one hundred is something that I that someone at work is watching when I pass by their station, and I keep thinking like the one hundred should only run for one hundred episodes, and then it should end. Okay, Sense Eight okay. should only last eight episodes. Yeah, exactly. You're following. Okay, sure. Yeah. What was that? Uh, what was that show about the girl who killed herself, and they had all like the VHS tapes? Uh, number uh, it's like it. 13 reasons why Yeah there you go 13 episodes That's it it's done they, they did that it was like a 13 episode season Then they made a second one you don't get to do that Yeah 13 in the title 13 episodes That's all you get I hope this This is this is my America This works because... This is how I run things <laughs> Because uh This looks different than Previous ones Okay yeah it works it's like the the episode thing does not have the same icon as previous ones did, but this one that says DM uh just looks it's just like the regular video player, so Alright. You uh, know, I wonder if they uh go in this direction, but like a common rider involving time travel seems like a really good vehicle for having a lot of like prior series crossovers. Yeah, probably. I mean I could tell you from the thumbnails there are a lot Oh yeah, because there's another episode of this season uh, that has Common Rider X8 in it. Episode yeah, 4, right. no, no Continue 2016. So maybe this is like Common Rider Forever, basically, and it's just showing like... All, oh my god, look at... Hold on. I'm going to send you a picture of this Common I do think that that is a very good concept, though, of just using time travel as a vehicle to visit all these other, like, prior common riders yeah. look at uh, this common rider it's just got like a bunch of shit taped to him look at this optimus prime ass look <laughs> common rider how does he even move in that he roll just, like, out motherfucker <laughs> yes he's just gonna lie down on the ground and roll on his shoulders he cannot lift his arms up like past his mid torso yeah oh hey common uh, rider kabuto is in one episode i see all right oh, nice. well yeah, we'll yeah. just we'll watch this culmination of 40 years of Kamen Rider or whatever. Uh, Perfect, we'll understand that a bit. through, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, episode, super sensitive. Episode <laughs> 3 is called Dr. Gamer 2018. It's <laughs> 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 my new, my new uh, Xbox Live gamer tag. My name is Dr. Gamer. I'm neither a doctor or a gamer. Anyway, we'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver! We're done. Yeah, alright. Uh, I'm gonna go eat a cake until I die, I guess. Seems like a good idea.
Don't give up. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Shia LaBeouf taught us. Cool. Yeah. Nothing's more cool than Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is cool. Shia LaBeouf has always been cool, I say while looking yeah, Shia... at the camera. Shia LaBeouf is authentic. That's right. No Let's one go. is more authentic than Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Don't get more real than Shia LaBeouf. Definitely. I mean, they had that cycle into uh... another town. Yeah, he was in that Shia LaBeouf is a cannibal video and he stood up and he clapped for it. So you know he's got a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. No one laughs at Shia LaBeouf more than Shia LaBeouf. He's not self-serious in the least. Was he in a scanner darkly? Uh, that just sounds right, but I don't know if it's don't actually don't know if the was. case. I might be thinking I of... think that would have been too... He would have been too young. You know what? No, it wouldn't be too young because he was in Even Stevens. Uh, I was thinking... I think I'm confusing it because the scanner darkly has the bit where Keanu Reeves is looking through the blinds in it. And uh, Shia LaBeouf was also in that, um, sub, not Suburbicon, Suburbicus. It's like something based on suburbia, but also like suspense or suspicion. It's something like that. I think he does the same thing in that, and that's why I'm confusing the two. Mm. I'm going to turn this recording off. Oh my god. (laughs)